Cause sometimes I be right Hello Welcome To the show The greatest show The most awesome show A show that I enjoy producing A show that I hope you enjoy listening to But you're here So you must like something Maybe this is your first time Welcome I'm back to recording on the late night Cause you know Life happens. Sometimes you don't get the schedule you want. Sometimes things go on. But I made a commitment. We're not doing no more missed apps. So I'm back. Got the mechanical pencil. <laughs> I don't know why that was funny to me. What up, Cyber Family? If this is your first time joining us, welcome. This is Sometimes I Be Right. I am your host, John Fast, reporting live from Trash Can Studios. As always, joined by my co-host, Wally. Say what up, Wally! So these, these late-night shows, they're interesting for me, right? Because, like, it's creepy because it's dark outside. Right? But it's also, I'm tired. But I'm also, like, I get a little energy. But, you know, it feels like the rest of the world is sleeping, even though it's only 10 o'clock. <laughs> so, you know, you're getting old. You're getting old when 10 o'clock, it feels late. It feels like the rest of the world. <laughs> late at night when all. I'm not going to sing. But you know where I was going? Got my water. You know another way to tell you're getting old? You get cranky. You get real cranky. And I, look, for those of you who don't subscribe to the YouTube channel, I suggest you go over there, subscribe to the channel, Cyber Network, S-I-B-R Network. Because I, I, I have exclusive videos over there. And one of the things I do each week is I do the uh, the Dusty Hat Recap Show, which is uh, my little show dedicated to Ohio State. In the post game, I'll do a little video, usually somewhere between you know, four to eight minutes, nothing crazy, just a little immediate reaction breakdown of the game, and this week was uh, one of my favorite games, and honestly, for the most ludicrous reasons possible, one of the most important games on Ohio State's schedule every year is the game with Rutgers, why, I don't know, Uh, maybe, maybe it's me being a hater, you know what I hate, no, I hate frauds, that's what it is. And so I live in Jersey and way back when in like from like 2004 to like 2007, Rutgers was like, OK. Maybe it was even before then. There was a little window in there when Greg Schiano first went there and they were like, OK, they weren't great, but they were like better than they had been. Rutgers has been dog do forever right and then they had a little pocket where they were good and I remember specifically it was a Thursday night game I was in high school uh Ray Rice was still on the squad and Louisville came to town Louisville came into Jersey and was taking on Rutgers Rutgers wore the black unis and they took out like I think Louisville was probably number one at the time it was something crazy Total ludicrous win. Like, it was outrageous. It was it was honestly fun to watch. But at that moment, everyone I knew all of a sudden was a Rutgers fan. And they did the stupid, oh, we from Jersey. You got to root for Jersey. You got to root for Jersey. Like, no, I don't. I'm not a fraud. 
Nobody was rooting for Rutgers three years ago when they was trash. Now, all of a sudden, I got to root for them? No. Frauds. Fraudulent fans. And that's why I started hating on uh, Rutgers. And I just hated the idea that all these people who don't care or don't really pay attention, all of a sudden, are these big-time Rutgers fans. And then, sure enough, when they dropped off, so did the fans. And that bothered me. You're fraud. Fraudulent fans. Then someone I know who shall remain nameless uh, was a Rutgers alumni and always just talked Rutgers up. And one time he made the Cardinals sin of saying to me, Rutgers would beat Ohio State. <laughs> and I said, Rutgers will never be close to Ohio State. Never be close. And from that day, that statement, I've lived by that. So imagine how I felt this weekend when Rutgers was up at halftime versus Ohio State. I overreacted. I trashed them. I said, I said Ohio State's probably going to drop to number four. Matter of fact, move them out of the top four. Can't struggle versus Rutgers. I went into the game thinking Michigan's putting Rutgers on their list of like notable wins. Like how terrible. Right? Clowned them. Oh, they're going to systematically break down Rutgers. It's not going to be flashy. They're going to drive up and down and score, though. Big win. Win by 35, 40 points. Now, they won by 19. That's that's fine. You go on the road. You win by 19. In the second half, the game wasn't closed. The defense performed very well under the circumstances. I overreacted. Okay? I'll say it. I, I I was very disappointed because I look forward to every year Ohio State destroying Rutgers. It's like a party for me. And that didn't happen this year. But the one thing I will say coming out of that game. And look, I love Joel Klatt. Uh, Fox Sports, love Joel Klatt. I think, he's, I think he's the best, right? As far as college football goes, that's the guy I listen to the most. Um... But he said something about Kyle McCord needs to continue to get better. And, and and my biggest takeaway from this game, and the only reason why I even want to talk about it now, is Kyle McCord is nine games in. There is no more he's got to get better. It's over. That's it. If in game nine you look just as shaky and uneasy as game two, there's a problem there. Now, going into the year, there was a question of who's going to start. Who's going to start? I mean, everyone thought that Kyle, it's his job. Like, he's been there the longest. Devin Brown, yeah, he's athletic and can run, but Kyle McCord's got it. We should have known. Ryan Day saw, simply put, Kyle McCord, it's not quite there. Not quite there. I like the kid. I think he's I think he's got he's tough. Um is he good enough to win a championship? <sighs> Depends. Matchup. Matchup is going to matter a lot. I think he I don't know what it is, but when you watch him play, there's just a little something missing. And maybe maybe it's because we're coming off of watching arguably the best quarterback to ever come out of the draft. 
That's <laughs> it's a little exaggeration, but CJ Stroud. We're gonna get into that later. I'm just saying. Maybe this is what like normal college quarterbacks look like. Oh man. Sorry. It's late. But something's missing with Kyle McCord. So even though I was disappointed, I thought Ohio State would definitely be penalized. I guess the rest of the world doesn't look at Rutgers the way I do. Because lo and behold, right after, Ohio State still ranked number one in the college football playoff rankings. And putting things in their proper perspective, proper context, enough time has passed, taking my own bias out of it to where they deserve to be. The win versus Rutgers is a win on the road, conference game, still undefeated. You won by 19. You won by three scores. That's, there's no shame in that. Although I personally thought they should have won by more. Understanding like, it's not, I can't, I can't hold them, you know, because they didn't beat Rutgers by 40. I can't say move them out of the number one slot. They still have a pretty impressive resume. So moving on, we have to talk about the number three team, who, in my opinion, still is ranked number three, even though they clearly should be moved down. I just don't think they have a better resume than Florida State. But that's besides the point. Let's talk about Michigan, because what we need to talk about is Michigan uh, potentially facing a punishment from the Big Ten. So the Big Ten has come out and said that they may issue a punishment against Ohio State, uh, not Ohio State, I'm sorry, against Michigan because they're getting calls from the other Big Ten schools saying we want you to do something to Michigan about this, you know, we want something to happen because even though the NCAA is investigating, that could take a long time, but Michigan shouldn't be able to benefit if they have been cheating like this. You should punish them. Like, you're the commissioner of the Big Ten. You should do something. Now, although I don't agree that, like, look, let the NCAA do the investigation, uh, let them look into it, gather up all the evidence, and then they can make a determination what they want to do then. And then once you hear their determination, you as the Big Ten could step in and do something. Because, again, if you don't, if the case isn't settled, there could be more or less than what you think may be available. And what are you really punishing them on? Allegations? I don't believe you should get punished for allegations. That's just somebody coming out and saying, you did this. Unless we have good evidence and we have everything gathered together, how can we make a decision? Because let's say the Big Ten says, we're going to suspend Jim Harbaugh for the rest of the year and the first six games next year. And then we're going to take away one scholarship. And then you find out after the season that what they're alleged of doing, what they actually did, is far worse. What, are you going to add to the punishment? So just wait. Just wait until you have all the information and then decide what you're going to do. But with all that being said, my gosh, the reports coming out that Michigan is ready to go against the Big Ten in court. If the Big Ten tries to hand down some punishment before the investigation is settled with NCAA, bro, Michigan, stop. You did something. Right. We all agree. You did something. If the Big Ten wants to come punish you, accept the punishment and move on. Secondly, the reports coming out (laughs) that Michigan 
says that Rutgers, Ohio State, and Purdue all conspired and shared their signs. Yo, you snitching? Bro, how you get caught for cheating and then try to say, yeah, but yo, they cheat. They was cheating on us, bro. Like, that's foul. Michigan, the proud university. Y'all turn into snitches? They said that Ohio State was given, uh, I think it was given Purdue for the Big Ten championship game. They were given Purdue information on uh, Michigan's defensive signals or offensive. And then Rutgers was giving them the opposite. So one of them was giving them offensive signs and the other one was giving defensive signs. And they were giving it to them to Purdue to try to help Purdue beat Michigan. Bro, I can't believe that you snitching. Number one, you're trying to say, if you try to penalize us right now, we're going to bring this into court. And number two, you're not only doing that, but now you're snitching at the same time. Now you try to take everybody down. See, this is what I don't like. This is what I don't like. If you're going to use the argument, everybody cheats. Everybody's doing it. Fine. But if you're a Michigan fan and you're saying, well, that's not right, da-da-da-da-da, so-and-so did this, yeah, tell on everybody, how would you feel if Wisconsin got caught doing this this stuff and then they threw you in there? You would think it was messed up that you're being dragged in here because you got caught. So hold, keep the same energy, as y'all like to say. If you're Michigan and you're doing it and you feel like everybody's doing it, yo, you just got to take that loss. You got caught. Whatever you did was more egregious than what others were doing because you got caught. You got to accept that. You got to eat that. That is your responsibility. Don't try to drag nobody else down with you. Don't try to discredit nobody else with you. Don't try to like throw dirt on nobody else, even if it's true. It don't matter. You got to take your own punishment. Stop being a coward. Stop being lame. Stop being... Stop being all, all, oh, but what about him? That's trash. That's childish. That's immature. That's cowardice. You cheated. Own it. Own what you did and whatever comes with it. Just sit down, take your penalty, and shut up. That's why nobody likes you. <laughs> Let's move on to the team that won't go away. Look. I have hated Alabama for years. For years I've hated Alabama. But as I've gotten older, I've started to respect and appreciate greatness. And whatever you want to say about Alabama or Nick Saban, that is a great program. I, I Look, when Ohio State played... Um, Alabama in the in the title game. I remember I was in physical therapy for my shoulder. I was wearing an Ohio State shirt uh, the day of the championship, and and one of the therapists came up to me and said, "Oh, big game tonight. You think they got it?" And I said, "If I'm being honest, nah, man. Alabama's a machine." And that was the first time in my life I felt like I stepped away from being a fan and just was being very realistic. I was rooting like crazy for Ohio State to beat Alabama in the title game. But I also wasn't going to pretend like I didn't know who Alabama was. I also wasn't going to say, I'm an Ohio State fan. Ohio State's going to win. Yeah. Like, I knew, hey, man, it's, they're going to have to be perfect. 
and it's hard to be perfect. There's, there's no room for error. So this year comes up. Alabama comes in with a new quarterback, a bunch of new players. The receiver group is weaker than it has been in recent years. They just don't seem the same. Then they lose in week two to Texas. And everybody wrote them off. And they said, oh, this is going to be a bad year. Then they struggled the next week. Who was it? UAB, South Florida. One of those teams. They had no business struggling against. They started that trash dude that had transferred from from Notre Dame. And they looked a mess. It was a mess. And we wrote them off. Completely wrote them off. But when you look at it, Alabama just might have the best resume in college football. And even though they're sitting at number eight, they possibly should be number one. I hate Alabama. But I can't be biased. Think about it this way. They beat Ole Miss, who's ranked 15th. They beat Tennessee, who's ranked 17th. And they just beat the 14th ranked LSU. Your only loss was to Texas. Yes, it was at home. But it was also week two. And it was your quarterback's second start. And you're replacing a Heisman candidate. So it's like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, you're going against Texas, who has spent the entire summer... Seeking revenge, established quarterback who didn't get to play the whole game last year, a lot of returning guys. You're starting a new quarterback. Your offense is kind of shaky. You don't know what you're going to be, and you lose. Fine. But man, Ole Miss, Tennessee, and LSU, I'm over here raving about Ohio State's resume, and they got Notre Dame, Penn State. Who after this week might have two losses already. And might be out of the top 15. So like. Man. That's an impressive resume. Quarterbacks looking better. So. It's like man. Like Alabama looks like. Yo. If Alabama was matched up right now versus Georgia. I I think I'd take Alabama. If Alabama's matched up right now versus Washington, Alabama's going to be favored. If Alabama was matched up right now with Florida State, you're favoring Alabama. You'd favor Alabama over Michigan. You'd favor them over Georgia. And darn it, you definitely favor them over Ohio State because you don't trust Ohio State's offense to be able to move the ball versus that defense. That's just a fact. That's just speaking objectively. Non-biased. Alabama is is impressive. And Alabama, if you ask me, they're going to end up in the college football playoff. I think it's going to be Ohio State. I think it's going to be, it's going to be Ohio State, Florida State, Alabama, and Oregon. Those are the final four. And I only say Ohio State, and I don't bump them out of there because I think the biggest test they're going to have is going to come against Michigan. And I think they're going to beat Michigan. And once they do that, well, you know, they're going to go to the Big Ten title game probably against, like, either Iowa or, like, Wisconsin. It's always something. It's probably going to be Wisconsin. It always feels like it's Wisconsin. And then they're going to beat Wisconsin again. 
And then it's like, well, what do you do? You're going to take them out of there undefeated? Like, no, you can't. Florida State, I think that Florida State is on the same trajectory as Ohio State. I've already told you I think Florida State and Ohio State are playing for a national title. I think Alabama is going to win out, and I think they're going to beat Georgia in the uh, the SEC championship game, which I think takes Georgia out of the conversation. And I think it takes it puts Alabama right in position. And I think Michigan losing to Ohio State and not making the uh, the the Big Ten title game and the allegations is going to be like, well, we're not going to really fight for them because this might all be tainted. And then I think Oregon gets in because, look, like, I don't see Washington finishing out undefeated. And they've been struggling a little bit. So that's how I see it. But if I may, because I did mention uh, very quickly, I did say that uh, Ohio State was going to beat Michigan. Here's, Here's what I've been thinking all week long. The thing that makes me smile and makes me laugh so much about this Ohio State versus Michigan kind of debate is Michigan and Ohio State have flipped roles. I remember just last year people talking about, actually the year before last, two years ago, people talking about how Michigan was barely hanging on, like J.J. McCarthy hasn't taken that next step, and and Ohio State was rolling everybody. They were winning by like 40-plus points a game. It was not even close. They looked like by far the best team in the world. Oh, my God. Michigan has no chance. How what Michigan's, what's, what's Michigan's offense going to do against this? They've never seen these types of weapons. And it was just so much praise for Ohio State. I came in and said, oh, they're going to beat the brakes off of Michigan. I was never more confident going into that game. And you know what they did? They played their game. They made Ohio State uncomfortable. And they won. And not only did they win, but they won impressively. It was embarrassing. And what do you hear right now? Everyone's in love with Michigan. Michigan's winning by 40 plus points a game. They're dominating everybody. It's not even close. Oh my God, this is embarrassing. And then you look at Ohio State. And Ohio State keeps winning, but they don't look impressive doing it. The offense looks a little sluggish. It looks like they just don't have the same level of weapons. Well, guess what? Guess what? That's what it was in reverse for years. Ohio State fan, look, you know what I'm talking about too. You know exactly what I'm talking about. We were all going crazy. Like Michigan is not going to be able to keep up with this offense, blah, 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 blah. And then the games happen. And it's funny to me that it's the same thing in reverse and people haven't learned their lesson. Because I've learned mine. I'm not saying Ohio State is going to beat the brakes off of Michigan no more. No, 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 no. But I don't think Michigan is as good as you think they are because they're beating up on these bad teams. I don't. I don't think they are. And I think where they beat Ohio State the last two years was what? Big plays. Guess what Ohio State is not giving up this year? Big plays. And guess why they're not giving them up? It's not because they're play, they're, their defense is tailored towards don't give up the big play. Make a team drive up the field methodically. The front seven is playing far better. That defensive front is able to put clamps on the run without having to add extra defenders and leave guys in one-on-one coverage all over the place. They're not going to have to load the box like they did last year against Michigan and try to stop the run and give up those big pass plays. It's not going to happen. It's a whole different ball game. And I don't care what you say. 
J.J. McCarthy is not good enough to beat nobody. And we don't even know if he's going to be good enough to beat Penn State. So let's find out. I hope they are undefeated when they face Ohio State. I hope they are. Let's move on to something because here it is. 24 minutes into the show. This is the time it needs to come up. We have to talk about it now. I hate to do it, but this is the way it's got to be. Somebody's got to say it, damn it. It's just, we need to ask the question. Is Deion Sanders in trouble in Boulder? I know, it sounds ridiculous, right? And I can already hear, I can already hear the conversation. Here's the truth. They may not win another game. And we've been saying it for weeks now. We've been saying it for weeks. Hey, man, there's a real shot that Colorado doesn't win another game. And what is that going to mean for this team? What's it going to mean? Because what do you say then? Because after week one, Coach Prime was changing college football. Remember? The new face of college football. The new hotspot, Colorado. Who knew? Look at all these stars. They're proving you can revamp a roster with the transfer portal. All these guys, you can't get them. And then the wheels fell off. So after starting 3-0, and they now sit at 4-5. and And when I say they may not win another game, here's why. They got Arizona this week. Yes, they're at home, but they were at home last week versus Oregon State, and they got beaten. Arizona's pretty damn good. A couple close losses for Alabama, uh, not Alabama, Arizona, and this could be a different, whole different season for them. They're pretty good. Then they go on the road to Washington State, and that's a night game. And boy, oh boy, Washington State is one of those teams that could get up on you. Like, they could put up some points. And we know Colorado's problem is defense. Now, Washington State's defense is not great, but, like, I'm just saying. I think Cam Ward could put up some numbers. So, I'm not, you know, if you're asking me, it's your best chance, because then after that, you go on the road to Utah. Now, for those of you who don't know, in college football, in order to be bowl eligible and make a bowl game, which is like a big accomplishment, you got to have six wins. And uh, Colorado sitting at four. I don't think they beat Arizona. I damn sure don't think they beat Utah. Washington State, I think they could beat. I don't think they will. So I got them finishing four and eight, not making a bowl game. Now, For those of you who say, yeah, but coming into the season, if I told you they'd go from one win to four win, that's progress, that's a success. I agree with you on paper. But were you saying four wins is a success after week one when they beat TCU? No. No, you wouldn't have said four wins is a success. You would have said they can make a bowl. Look at their schedule. Then when they beat Nebraska, what'd you say? Did you say four wins is all you need to get to? Nope. Expectations were getting higher. 
Then they had that thrilling game versus Colorado State, and it was like, oh, they could do no wrong. Shador Sanders, first-round draft pick, no doubt. Arguably the best quarterback in college football. Deion Sanders changing the way the game is played. He's changing everything. Look, gave all the players sunglasses. It was all good. It was all cool. Celebrities galore everywhere. Then Oregon beat that behind. They beat them to the turf. And then you started going against the real teams on your schedule. Not Nebraska with a new head coach and coming off of a miserable decade of football. Not TCU who's got a whole new offense and like had to switch over so many players. And you caught them. It's a great win for you. Week one, energy was high. It was hot. Your players were excited. Oh, yeah, everybody's healthy. Oh, it was perfect. It was great. It wasn't going against Colorado State, who in reality is trash. Now you was going against the big boys. The real guys in the conference who you need to determine how good are we based on playing them. And when you went to those guys, got that ass beat. Now, when do we start talking about the coaching? Okay, when do we do that? Because all I want, all I want is fairness. I want objectivity. I want things to be across the board. I want standards. That's what I want. Standards. Is that so much to ask? I want standards. Right? What I mean by that is I've heard Ryan Day, I've heard people call for Ryan Day's job. As much as I hate him, I heard people call for Jim Harbaugh's job. I heard people questioning, questioning Nick Saban at times. Lane Kiffin gets called to the carpet all the time. Like other coaches get called out when they have things like this happen. At what point can we look at Coach Prime and say, hey, my guy, you got to do better? We want to blame the defense. We want to blame the lack of offensive line. We want to blame this, blame that. But in college, if you're the head coach, the head guy, bro, you literally control everything. There's not a player on that roster that you don't have to sign off on. You know what you got. You know what you don't have. So when you was coming out, talking crazy, talking about, do you believe now? (laughs) Yo, I think that impression was spot on. When you were saying all that, you knew what you had. And if you took that, and decided to talk that trash. Hey, now when you four and five, about to be four and six, then four and seven, four and eight, you gotta wear that. Do we believe? Believe in what? That you can miss a bowl game? That you could win three more games than they did the year before? Yeah, we believe that. Do we believe you're gonna change the face of college football? Not yet. Because it remains to be seen. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want. Prime to get replaced. 
I don't think his job is in jeopardy. But if I'm going to sit here and watch y'all ask those questions about others, you need to do it with Prime. Just because we like him, just because he's cool, just because he's different, just because he's got the shades and he got the swag and all this don't mean that we don't have to hold him to the same standard we do all these other coaches. Because at the end of the day, if we really want equality, can't hold you to a different standard. Got to hold everybody the same. Expectations are high. And after week one, two, and three, y'all were the talk of the town. And now, don't hear nothing about Colorado. Because they stink. And the problems they have, we don't know if Prime is the guy that can fix those. Because we're talking about the trenches. I don't know. We don't know how well he can recruit. When he went to Colorado, everybody came to him. Even now, there's guys calling him. But now that you're four and five, them calls might slow up. Now that you're no longer the talk of the town, calls might slow up. And on this level, there's not much that Colorado's offering some kid that there's a million other schools that can't do it. What is Colorado going to offer that Alabama can't? What's Colorado going to offer that Oregon can't? That LSU can't? Ohio State can't? Hell, even Michigan can't. They all got money. You ain't the richest university. You ain't getting the most nationally televised games. You don't have the highest profile rivalry, so what are you offering right now? All I'm saying is, keep the same energy. Again, if we're going to talk about all these other coaches when it comes to Prime, just because we like them, doesn't mean we can't ask the question, is he in trouble? And if they don't fix that offensive line and that defensive line and that defense as a whole, they're going to be in some trouble for real. And it's going to be a very short stay in Buffalo, Buffalo, in Colorado. (laughs) Let's move on now to the NFL, and there is a story heating up that is pissing me off. That's right. So, this past Monday night, the Chargers played the Jets. Aaron Rodgers was in attendance. He was on the field, and before the game, he was throwing some passes. There are now rumors that he's saying, give me a couple weeks, and I'm going to come back. Now, for those who don't know, he tore his Achilles, and he's trying to come back in the same season. Look, if I'm the Jets... I'm telling him, sit your old ass down. Sit it down. (sighs) Okay. 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 Number one, for those of you who think Aaron Rodgers looks great, he threw a 58-yard pass, blah, blah, blah. That's great. That's fine. That's great. He could throw a 58-yard pass, all arm, no body at all. Okay? That's not avoiding the rush. That's not having guys come at you. That's not arms flailing. That's not rolling out of the pocket. That's not, those are not contested throws. That's just throwing. That's just catch. He could do that in his sleep. And like he said, I'll be 90 and still be able to throw. But your offensive line is still weak. Right? Yes, Zach Wilson's trash. Yes, Zach Wilson looks incompetent. 
yes, Zach Wilson is probably the weakest link on this team. Yes, I agree with you. I agree with all that. However, Aaron Rodgers coming off of an injury has not been able to practice with these guys. Right? He got hurt. He got hurt week one. Like, play one. It was awesome. <laughs> it was hilarious to me. That's what you get. All you Jets fans who showed up and thought this is the year. We're going to make it. Yeah, it fell apart instantly. And you got stuck with the same guy you wanted to replace. Let's keep him around. We can keep him for the next two years. And then he could be our starter. He's going to be great, right? No. He sucks. Zach Wilson sucks. Sorry. I like him. He's... He, <laughs> He's a kid, you know, he seems like a good kid. <laughs> you know, he seems like he's trying hard. He just sucks. But are you sure Aaron Rodgers is going to come in and save the day? Let's best case scenario, you're on the cusp of the playoffs. First game, Aaron Rodgers comes back. Assume that you're going to take a loss. Because what are the chances of him coming back and being great? He's going to be rusty. He has to be rusty. Right? And if you make the playoffs, do you think you're winning the Super Bowl? No. No. Because even with Aaron Rodgers, they're not the best team in the AFC. Not better than the Bengals. Nobody's scared of your defense like that. Yes, they're good, but nobody's like, they're impossible to move the ball on. Like, no, they're not. It's not impossible. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just think the Jets are playing a stupid game if they let him come back. Because number one, it's very short-sighted. What if he comes back and gets re-injured? Now he's out next year too. So you screw next year over. Let him sit, get healthy, start fresh from the offseason. He's not getting younger. Nobody's getting an Achilles tear in September and coming back in December. Unless the tear was very minor and they're in their early 20s. Chances are he's going to come back and end up injuring it again because it's not going to be completely healed. He might be healed enough to play, but the wrong move sets him back. Now he's going longer. Don't do it. This, You know what this is? The Kevin Durant situation. He was with Golden State. He was having some issues. They said it was a calf. He came back to play in a game that was like, bro... I guess you're going to try it because it's the finals. And then he got hurt and he was done for the whole next year. Had he not tried to come back and just said, look, I got to I gotta do what's right. They probably lose the finals, but you probably don't lose Durant. Think about the bigger picture. And if you're the Jets, if you're a Jets fan, hey, man, you got you to gotta think bigger picture. So I'm not doing that. Another quarterback news uh, Will Levis looks like the guy. He looks like a dude. I know you're hearing that a lot this week. I don't think he's great. And maybe it is just because he's he's uh, coming in for Ryan Tannehill, who looks like the most basic average quarterback in the world. But he looks the part. And ultimately, that's what I'm judging you on, right? As a rookie, you look the part. He looks the part. 
The only problem I have, though, he seems a little too high strong. He needs to chill. Chill a little bit. He's too animated. Too, like, he needs to just relax. Too high strong. Relax, bro. Relax. Take it easy. Be calm in the pocket. Right? Celebrate after something good, but you ain't got to be like, you know, nah, that's too much rage. Chill. You a quarterback. You got to be precise. We don't need you to be the biggest, strongest dude on the team. We need you to chill. We need you to keep us all in line. That's it. But he looks good, though. He looks the part. He's very confident, believes in himself. And you know what else is the greatest part about it? They got him in the second round, right where he needed to be. He's not a top 10 pick that you have these crazy expectations. He's coming in here saying, look, he dropped to the second round. So we already know there's something up. Right? Plenty of guys picked before him. But the expectations are dwarfed. Right? They're, they're dulled down a bit. So now when he's good, not great, not exceptional, but he's all right. That's all you need to see from a second round pick. And then he could come into next year as the guy starting from the beginning. Boom, we in there. But if we're talking about rookies, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, man, I know it's only eight games in. It's only eight games in. But I feel very confident in saying, I told you. I told you. Like, there's so many reasons why the C.J. Stroud story is just so enjoyable for me. All right, there's so many reasons. Number one, draft coverage starts so early, you can find mock drafts right now. We're halfway through the season, already mock drafts. Every week, a whole new round of mock drafts. So you have so much time and investment, people just overthink it. And people just for the sake of being different. Here's what I, I don't understand how one person can do a mock draft a hundred times and get a hundred different drafts. At that point, you're just picking different players. Like the Giants need a quarterback. If they pick fifth, I don't give a damn what mock draft you're doing. They're taking one. What you mean this time they're this time they're taking offensive linemen? Why? Because you just need to do something different? No, stop doing as many mock drafts. That's a different topic. But when you have that many people overanalyzing, overthinking, you have that much time to debate, debate, you talk yourself in and out of things all the time. And for some reason, people looked at CJ Stroud and and found a reason to say, nah, we don't think so. Nah, we don't think so. Even though, again, like I said, to me, there's there's two things you look at. Number one, the Georgia game last year. The Georgia game last year, a couple things happened in that game. Number one, going into that game, there were so many questions about him. For some reason, I don't know. I don't know why. It's like, well, he doesn't run enough. I don't, he doesn't make plays with his legs. I don't know. And it's like, okay. But you know he's poised in the pocket. You know he's capable of sliding and moving in the pocket. You know he's deadly accurate. 
You know he has great ball placement. You know that. You know he's smart, intelligent, reads defense as well. You know all that. But he doesn't run. Okay, cool. So going against Georgia, one of the greatest right defenses, right? Even though it wasn't the same as two years ago, it was still top-notch. NFL quality. So many guys drafted off of that defense, right? So he's going up against NFL caliber play, NFL players everywhere on that defense. And he lit them up. We would all agree that Georgia team is the best team C.J. Stroud played in college. And he torched them repeatedly over and over and over. Even after losing his number one target, didn't matter. Ran when he needed to run. Made plays with his legs, plays with his arms. He was lighting them up. And you know what happened after that game? And it was something that people didn't pay attention to. Watch how emotional he was after that game. Watch how emotional he was after that game. And that lets you know how much it meant to him. You hear Ryan Day talk about the way he prepared for that game leading up to it. The amount of effort, how hard he worked, studied. How important is it to you? So you have the on-field stuff and now you're getting, no, this, this means something to him. He put everything into this. Shows you intangibles. The guys love him. Teammates love him. Never got in no trouble. Never no negatives. Nothing. And for some reason, y'all still didn't believe that he was legit. Okay, fine. Go to the go to the combine. Your boy Bryce Young didn't throw. I'm not throwing at the combine. You know what CJ did? Went and had the best damn throwing performance you've ever seen at a combine. Go ahead and watch it. Every single throw, pinpoint, right where it needs to be. Outbreaking routes, guy's not reaching up, down, right in the chest, bow. Deep ball, no breaking stride, right there, bow. Comebacks, turnaround, ball's right there, bow, in the chest. Perfect ball. Everyone, doom, doom, doom. Everyone coming out of that, everybody said. That might have been the most impressive display I've ever seen. He didn't even need a pro day. I don't need a pro, no pro day. Don't even worry about. Don't even go to the pro day. We don't even have to go. We seen it at the combine, where everybody gets a pass. Every, what do they say every year? He's throwing the guys. He, these aren't his normal receivers. He doesn't know the timing. It don't matter. I'm throwing it to the spot. It's right there. Bow. Hey, I don't even know who this guy is. <laughs> He's looking over and seeing a receiver. I don't even know who this guy is. I've never seen him before in my life. Perfect accuracy. All the other excuses guys get. All the other excuses guys get. He didn't take those. Nope. He did something you ain't never seen. But still, going into the draft, everyone said, I don't know, I think Bryce Young might be better. Bryce Young might be a little better, I don't know. All right. Go ahead, man. Fine. And you know me. I was uh I was all about it. I was all about CJ Stroud. But you know, 
people said I was biased, was being a homer. You're just an Ohio State fan, but No. I kept telling you there's no way he's not going to be good. Everything you're looking for, right there. It's, look, it's right at, It's right in front of you. It's right there. It ain't me. I'm not special. These ain't my. I don't have special eyes. I'm not making some crazy projection. It's right there. It's right there. Just make sure you open your eyeballs and look at that guy. It's right there. You all ignored it. And I had that bozo. <laughs> that bozo said, hey, you talking about feelings? <laughs> I'm talking about facts. Name me one franchise quarterback that came from Ohio State. That's a fact. Oh, yeah. And I said, just because you haven't seen it, it has nothing to do with him. Name me a quarterback coming out of Ohio State that was as good as C.J. Stroud. That's a fact. So, hey, homeboy, you know who you are, too. You know who you are. And I'm not, I'm not ready. I'm not doing it yet. Oh, I'm not going to do it yet. Oh, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait to the perfect I don't know when the moment is, but there's going to come a moment where it's going to be a perfect moment to send you a video back, to send you a little clip, to call you out by name. Include include that little video you sent to me talking about, you talking about opinions. <laughs> I'm talking facts. He had an accent. He was, he's from the South. <laughs> He was so, he was so like sure, he was so sure of himself. And I even said, the beauty of all of this is we're going to see. It's going to play out. Eight games in. (laughs) You got guys like Lewis Riddick on TV talking about CJ Stroud, the top 10 quarterback right now. Not he's going to, right now, eight NFL games in, that boy's top 10. Not my words. The pros are saying it. Look at all the statistical categories. Top 10, you're going to find C.J. Stroud. Yards, top 10. Touchdowns, top 10. Yards per game, top 10. It's all, every, what, hey. <laughs> four and four, look like a franchise to me. Hey, the over-under on the Texans this year was six and a half. And they were saying, take the under. Hey, is it still six and a half? I bet it ain't. Hey. And I know you're like, oh, John, you always say, don't worry about the stats. I'm not talking about the stats. When you watch CJ Stroud play, that boy is comfortable in the pocket. He don't never look pressed. He don't look pressed. He look like he know what he doing. And don't sit there and tell me about, look at the weapons he has. No, he don't. Nico Collins. Who wants Nico Collins? Robert Woods. Like, for real? Now, Tank Dell, that's a good young player. But he's still a rookie. And he's like 5'9", 160. There's a reason why nobody wanted to draft him. They didn't know if he could hold up in the NFL. So stop. He's not sitting there with a loaded roster. None of us think the Texans have a great roster. But it don't matter. That boy is a franchise quarterback. You owe me an apology and you know who you are. 
So you can either you can either contact me and apologize, <laughs> put out a video saying, "Hey man, my bad. Yo, this kid good," or or I'm gonna come after you first and I'm gonna come get my apology. <laughs> Let's move on real quick. I want to talk about because it's long. We 50 minutes in. Cowboys versus Eagles. Am I encouraged by the loss? No. No, and I'll tell you why. Because this this game is exactly what the Cowboys are and what they have been. They get close. Oh, they get real close. Oh, they tease you. Remember the touchdown catch that wasn't? Right at the one-yard line. Bow. Oh, just short. So close. So close. You got so close at the end. Oh, just a couple yards away. That's what they are. They get close to the precipice of being, no, this team's legit, and then something happens, and it's usually self-inflicted. And guess what it was? That last drive, the Eagles are trying to give you the game. You get delay a game? You get a sack? Come on, man, stop. So, no, I'm not encouraged by the loss. I think that that is the past 25 years of the Cowboys. In one game, that was it. Dak Prescott played well. Dak Prescott played well, man. I know he did. He always plays well against the Eagles. He ain't worried about the Eagles. I said coming in, I think he's going to play well. That's exactly what I think is going to happen. However, that, that was it. It, it was just such a, a representation of what they've been that it's just I'm not I'm not impressed. I don't take much away from that loss. They tried to give you the game and you couldn't take it. So what does that say? What am I what am I supposed to take from that? That's my point. What am I supposed to take from that? Here's here's my last uh my last topic of the day. And uh look, if you're a Giants fan, uh I encourage you to tune in. Stay tuned for this. But it might be hard to hear. Okay? But I, look, I'm not here to kick your back in. This is not a, a giant bashing, bashing segment. Okay? That's not what this is. I'm here to empathize with you. Okay? I live in the New York, uh, the, the tri-state area. Correct? I live in Jersey. So now that I'm in this market, I hear nothing but Giants conversation, Giants and Jets conversations. That's what I hear. I turn on the radio. That's what they're talking about. I'm in the market. So I hear the callers call in. See, I commute to and from work every day. It's about a 40 minute, 40 to 45 minute ride each way. On my way home, sometimes it might be up to an hour depending on traffic. So I'm a commuter. So in the morning, it's early. I'm not trying to listen to no music, get all hype. Like, nah, I'm trying to chill. So I throw one, bow, throw on the radio. Yo, let's see what the people are saying, right? And all I keep hearing is Giants fans love to blame something or someone in order to ignore something else. So for the longest time, Giants fans, I hear so many Giants fans talk about Daniel Jones like it's not his fault. What was he going to do? Daniel Jones is pretty. Look what he did last year. And I always say, the offensive line could be bad. 
But that's also, Daniel Jones could be bad too. And when you have a bad offensive line and a bad quarterback, you get what you got this year. The Giants are averaging 11 points a game. Dead last in the NFL. Worse than the Jets. 11 points a game. That's not just a bad offensive line. It's not just the offensive line is bad. Your quarterback was bad too. And now you're down to to Tommy DeVito. Like, bad quarterback, bad offensive line, bad offense. Bad offensive line, good quarterback, solid offense. Bad offensive line, great quarterback, good offense. Like you, the, the, the Bengals had a bad offensive line for a while. And, 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 and darn it, Joe Cool, all right, Joe Beasy, Joe Shiesty got that Bengals team to a Super Bowl with a bad offensive line. So it's possible. Patrick Mahomes had a bad offensive line at one point. Tom Brady had a bad offensive line at one point. Eli Manning had bad offensive lines. Like, Tony Romo had bad offensive lines. Like, it happens. However, the quarterback is bad on top of that. You get what you got this year, which is really bad. Now, here's my question. Why is everyone ignoring Brian Dayball when it comes to blame? Hmm? Why is nobody saying, yo, blame the coach? Where does coaching come in? Hmm? People people are questioning how good Bill Belichick is now. Belichick went from being the greatest coach of all time in everybody's mind to Tom Brady leaving, the Patriots getting worse, and everyone saying, ooh, Belichick is overrated. It wasn't Belichick. It was all Tom Brady. Belichick is trash. People are questioning someone who they called the greatest coach of all time is now being questioned. Because of a few bad seasons. But we're going to look at Brian Dayball and say it ain't his fault. I'm sorry. Does he not help build the team? No. Because y'all gave him a whole bunch of credit last year. You gave him a whole bunch of credit last year. For how good the team was. Brian Dayball's a real coach. He's a good coach. He's just, 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 just. And what did I say? Do we have another Ben McAdoo? Hey, first year was good, but what's going to happen after that? Is it another Ben McAdoo situation? Everyone assured me no, and I said, I don't think so either. He might be a good coach. But this season's pretty bad. And if the coach doesn't get no looks, that's a problem. And lastly, what I want to say is this. I said when they signed Daniel Jones, it was a bad move. It was a bad move. Now that Daniel Jones is injured, tore his ACL, probably isn't going to be back till around this time next year. Daniel Jones doesn't seem like a guy who's going to go out there and kill himself to get back for week one. It just doesn't make sense. You're probably drafting a quarterback if you're the Giants. So realistically... He's on he's on a one year contract next year, and then you could cut him, no harm no foul, because that's the way you structured the contract for the guy who you believe so much in. You made it so that after two years we can just 
dump you if we so choose. If you're a Giants fan, do you now feel like, damn, that was a bad move. That was a bad choice to sign Daniel Jones to that money. Here's why. $40 million you paid Daniel Jones could have went somewhere else. You could have used the money you paid for this one player who gave you, let's face it, nothing this year. He's giving you nothing. Nothing. He's giving you absolutely nada. Even when he was in there, you won one game. It's not what you're paying for. You could have took that money and improved the rest of the team somewhere else. Maybe an offensive lineman. Maybe a better receiving target. Maybe you didn't have to settle on Paris Campbell, right? Now, I like Paris Campbell, but like you don't really have the ability to use him to his best effect. But maybe you could have got a better weapon. Maybe it's someone on the defensive end. Who knows? Maybe you could have went out and signed a different quarterback who would be a little better. Let me ask you a question. Would the Giants be better with Taylor Heineke at quarterback? The answer is yes. He's not great, but damn it, he'll get you more than two wins. He's more than competent. And he's been durable. Come on now, stop. And now you're on the hook next year for another $40 million. Again, $40 million that could be going somewhere else to make the team better. Because Daniel Jones, the Giants were not a Danny Dimes away from a title. Daniel Jones wasn't the difference between Super Bowl and first pick in the draft. So paying him like he was the piece to me was stupid then. And it's even more stupid now when you realize he ain't going to play enough to even earn $40 million, let alone the $80 million you're going to end up paying him. And now that's $80 million that could have been spread somewhere else on the team. Meanwhile, the real piece, the real key, the guy who you're going to have to really rely on now, Saquon, got a franchise tag. And now you're going to run him into the dirt and then say, we don't want to pay you because we think you're a little over the hill. Yeah, because you burned him out. Because your $40 million investment failed you. It was a bad move, but I have a solution. I have a solution. The best quarterback in the draft right now for the New York Giants, not the best quarterback in the draft, not the best for everybody, but the best for the Giants. If they're smart, take Jaden Daniels from LSU in the second round. Boom. Done. That's it. That's your solution. Why? Because he's accurate, short, intermediate, and deep. He can move. He can run a little bit, which means he can work with your bad offensive line as you're trying to repair it. You're going to be able to pick him up in the second round because you're going to be picking early, let's face it, unless you get on a hot streak, which I don't think is going to happen. So you're going to be picking early in the second round. He's probably right now like the fifth or sixth ranked quarterback. I don't imagine they're going to be all gone. And if it looks like you're getting late in the first round and somebody might take him, trade up. Because, again, he's accurate. He's mobile. 
He's coming from a big-time football school. He's coming from a big-time conference where he's going against NFL-caliber players. He's been tried and true. He's been through adversity. Clean cut, no issues, got it. That's what you need. And quite frankly, if you want him to sit behind Daniel Jones, he can do everything Danny Dimes could do, just better. Perfect fit for you. I've solved your problem. If you're a Giants fan, hope and pray Jaden Daniels falls in the draft and is sitting there either in the late first and you trade up or early second, you're able to pick him up. That would be my game plan. All right, I've held you long enough. Let's get into some picks before we get out of here. Thursday night football, talk about a stinker. You got the Bears favored by three and a half versus the Panthers. Look, this is a battle of quarterbacks. In my opinion, I'm going to simply just go with the home team. I think Bryce Young has been up and down, mostly down this season. And the uh, the, the, the Tyler Badgett guy for the Bears, look, it's tough because he hasn't been awful but he hasn't been good either. And I just think on a short week, a short week, I'm I'm always going to favor the home team just because you don't have to travel. It's easier for you. The road team has to go there. And they got Bryce Young, a rookie. I'm going to take the Bears, but I'm not comfortable with the pick. You got the Texans versus the Bengals. Bengals favored by seven. I love C.J. Stroud. I think this is a great matchup. I think this game is going to be close. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be entertaining. I think C.J. Stroud is going to do what he's been doing all year and show well. But I think the Bengals are just better on both sides of the ball. Just a little better, a little more consistent. And I think Joe Burrow is much more advanced than C.J. Stroud at this point. And I think he takes advantage of that Texans defense. And I think they get the win. And I think they cover the seven. Lions minus two and a half versus the Chargers. I immediately wanted to take the Chargers, but the truth is they struggled to move the ball versus the Jets. And defensively, the Jets are so bad and and the Chargers still left meat on the bones. Like the Jets had openings. Zach Wilson is just too terrible to take advantage of them. This Lions offense is loaded. The Chargers defense can be had. They're not that great. I think they're in the uh, in the late the low 20s in terms of total defense on the season so they're not a great defense and offensively they are so damn safe it makes me sick when I watch them I think this Lions pass rush is going to be able to cause havoc and give and give Justin Herbert a really tough day I'm taking the Lions to cover the two and a half Jets minus one and a half versus the Raiders for me this is the easiest pick of the weekend take the Raiders The Raiders have one thing going for them, and I think it's joy, and I think they had some fire, and not to mention, they got Max Crosby, who's going to be in Zach Wilson's face all night long. They are going to punish that Jets offensive line. The offense for the Raiders doesn't have to be great because the Jets offense is so damn pitiful. I like the Raiders in this game. Take the Raiders, eat the one and a half. Cowboys minus 16 versus the Giants. This number, you know my policy. Double digits, I'm going with the underdog. Eh, not this week because the Giants are awful. Legitimately awful. They are bad. DeVito, three turnovers. Not four turnovers. Three interceptions and a, and a fumble. That's what DeVito is going to have. 
They're gonna they're gonna they look. The Giants offensive line is not good enough to open up enough holes for Saquon Barkley to say we can we have to load the box. Now, our four are gonna be good against that. So when they do stack the box, it is all out blitz. And they're gonna blitz DeVito early and often until he proves that he can handle it. I don't think he's gonna handle it. Cowboys wash the Giants. Easy money. Take the Cowboys and the 16. In college football, we got Michigan taking on Penn State. This, for me, I was going to go with Michigan because I was like, yeah, this game's going to be tough, blah, blah, blah. But two things that uh, I, I realized. Number one, Penn State's at home. Well, that's a favor. That's in favor of them. And number two, I think the Ohio State game is the reason why they win this game. I think against Ohio State, they played it too safe. I think against Ohio State, they didn't take enough chances. They didn't push the ball. They didn't. They weren't aggressive, okay? I think they don't make the same mistake twice. I think this game, they say, look, we have a great opportunity to go out here and beat Michigan and make a statement, and I think they do so. I think they come out here. I think they beat Michigan, and I think they have a lot of explosive plays. I think they expose that Michigan defense and that Michigan offense because – I think if Michigan has to get into a scoring match, I don't think I don't think McCarthy's the guy to do it. I think he gets exposed a little bit this week. I like Penn State to win that game. Arizona taking on Colorado. I'm picking this game simply because I want to say one more time, Arizona beats Colorado. Colorado's in trouble, and we need to be talking about it. If you're going to get all the headlines in the press when you're up, then you need to get the same attention when you're down because it's a fascinating story. Utah taking on Washington. I'm taking Utah. Why? Because Utah every once in a while will have a game where they kind of get beat up on, and that's what happened against Oregon, and then they get right back to business. I think Washington has been looking shaky. They've been Bambi on shaking legs the last few weeks. I think people are starting to kind of figure out the best way to defend them, and I think Utah is going to make it ugly, dirty, tough, physical, make it hard for Washington, and I think Utah makes one or two plays late, and I think they get the dub. Georgia taking on Ole Miss. Look, Ole Miss, I want to pick them. I always want to pick them. The problem is every time they have an opportunity, they wet the bed. They did it against Alabama a few weeks ago, and until they prove me wrong, I'm going to continue to assume that that's what they're going to do. I think Georgia gets up for these type of games. I think these are the types of games that Georgia lives for, and this is what gets them excited, and I think they beat up on Ole Miss as Ole Miss wets the bed again. And last but not least, Ohio State taking on Michigan State. The biggest storyline of this game is Ohio State debuting the all-gray unis, head-to-toe gray. That's awesome. But this game, I don't think it's going to be very competitive. Oh, I Listen, I need to see Ohio State have a big, good offensive day just to make myself feel a little better like it's possible to do. I don't want to feel like that they're dog do or walking in mud anymore. Please, Ohio State, restore my confidence in your offense. I think Ohio State wins. I think they win big. But is it going to be an impressive big? Or is it going to be another one of these three-score games where they don't look as impressive as they need to be? Let's find out. I like Ohio State in that game. 
that's my time y'all look i appreciate y'all coming through for another week again this was recorded on the late night look do me a favor wherever you're listening to this i want you to write a comment on this episode and let me know if you felt like i was a little sleepy in this episode do you feel like the energy is different in these late night episodes as opposed to when i'm recording earlier let me know what you prefer and then i'll give you what you want take my pics go to the bank i appreciate y'all like i said again follow me on social media at cyber underscore pod that's s-i-b-r underscore p-o-d on all social media platforms hit me up join the family join the cyber family it's a lot of fun let's grow this community i'll catch you guys next time